Hello and welcome back to another episode of X Rental, the show that critics are calling average to poor, and YouTube parents are <laughs> YouTube parents are calling slightly more irritating than Miss Rachel. <laughs> Today we're joined by writer and podcaster Becky Dark to discuss her pick of what is essentially her quintessential '90s movie. Now you may know Becky from. Don't Point That Horror At Me, the Eerie Indiana podcast, Evolution of Horror, The Final Girls, as well as her writing for Empire Magazine and Arrow Films. Becky, welcome. Hi, thank you. It's nice to be here. How was that intro? That was spot on, mate. Yeah, you've managed to leave out all of my more nefarious dealings. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, I did mean to say, actually, I meant to caveat that with uh, and also a woman that I have guaranteedly watched bootleg VHS porn with. (laughs) Yep, that's me. That's you. Uh, For those uh, listening that don't know, Becky used to babysit me. Uh, And that includes Ash, because I'm pretty sure Ash didn't know that either. (laughs) This is a shocking and wonderful development <laughs> yeah brad is um three years my junior but has a younger sister and um when we were in our teens i used to babysit him um, much to his mum's regret because we used to watch bootleg vhs porn together once, once. we did it once we did it, we once. Did it once it wasn't like a regular occurrence yeah, it wasn't like a thing and then my sister grasped us up and then becky never babysat again i know shocker right bitch <laughs> so you would like to kind of so when you watch old films and you see ah, oh, mom no i'm i'm old enough not to have a babysitter you were that babysitter yeah i was and, the babysitter that nobody wanted and brad was the winger <laughs> yeah but also like the kind of like coming of age lech you know mm. bomb bomb yeah <laughs> jesus christ more with more with <laughs> no offense to you but more more with sam because she had uh the heavier set chest but anyway we move um it's true it's true i'm definitely going to get a message like saying can you edit that part out <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is ash you want to take over and stop this train wreck thanks becky again just reiterating what brad said thank you for your time welcome to the x rental video show thank you but we're always going to ask what is your video shop origin story what was it called where was it Ooh, ooh. um so my video shop my local in farnham in surrey was venus video um yeah i know it's lush right um and it was it was classic it was a little independent um and i sort of got i've got memories of sort of two different um like iterations of my video shop experience there was like when I'd go in with my friends and we would rent something for like a sleepover and there was when my parents would take me and we'd rent something sort of you know a bit more blockbustery um maybe a bit more recent that they were like particularly keen to see um so I mean the baby you know the 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 babysitting and um sort of sleepover stuff we would rent stuff like like classic 90s teen girl uh, bangers the craft hocus pocus um bring it on like i remember i remember being a little bit older and coming home from uni and this actually wouldn't have been from venus this would have been from blockbuster which had like while i was away at uni farnham had a step up and there was suddenly a blockbuster um and i came back and i was like horribly horribly depressed and unwell and my friends took me into blockbuster and they were like 
you can pick whatever you want, Becky. I was like, I was like so depressed. I could barely like form words and chose bring it on and went home and it cured me. So if anybody out there is feeling down, there's a recommendation. Just watch bring it on. They yeah, spirit fingers. They will sort you right out. Um, and then the stuff that my parents and I used to rent, it was more, like I say, the sort of bigger blockbuster stuff. So I remember vividly getting um, Batman Returns, um, Demolition Man, um, stuff like Bram Stoker's Dracula. So again, it was all it was always sort of like, I don't know, we, we used to rent things like The Crow, like slightly darker, um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of sort of good, fun, bombastic stuff. I used to I used to love it. Like, you know, you'd go down, you'd get a pint of ice cream or something as well. Um, it was always such a treat. Yeah, you've certainly made a you've you forged a career in horror. But yes, I mean quite, that's quite, it helped. It did help. But what, <laughs> along with what, my nominative determinism of my surname. That does help as well. Um, but you've not picked a horror film to discuss today. No. And could you just tell the audience, although it's probably in the title description above you, <laughs> what have you picked? I have picked Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves. Released in the UK in July 1991. At the same time, Mike Tyson was arrested for the rape of Desiree Washington. Jeffrey Dahmer confessed to the killing of 17 men. And Pee Wee Herman was arrested in Florida for exposing himself at an adult movie theatre. And they were never heard from again and definitely didn't get any kind of reputational rehab whatsoever. He warned me that one was going to get quite dark. Thank you for theming it to me. <laughs> yes, it, 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 that works implicitly. Um, so, Becky, why did you pick Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Because we had a chat about it and you said you can choose any 90s movie. And what's the best movie of the 1990s? The answer is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So it was just uh, it was pretty, pretty obvious to me. And also, as you alluded to, Brad, we talk about horror a lot, a lot, a lot. And there are a lot of, I know some people malign the 90s for it being a um, a bit of a drought for decent horror. I don't really agree with that. But um, I didn't want to just do, you know, Scream or Urban Legend again. I wanted to do something and stretch my legs talking about one of my most beloved films of all time that actually doesn't turn out to be in the horror genre. It's such a refreshing choice. You're not the only guest that we've got that's done this. And I do like I do like the playing against type thing, mm-hmm. um, which, is, you know, I would say that there are no actors in this film, unfortunately, playing against type. I would say that everyone is playing in the hero role that they were perhaps destined to play. And all the villains were played by probably one of the finest cinematic villain portrayers that's ever existed. <sighs> After, you know, you go from Hans Gruber to this. Alan Rickman, he is chewing the scenery in the best possible way in this film. He is perfection. The way his the way his like frustration rises as the film goes on is just such a delight to watch. I love him squirming. I think he nails the eye roll better than any actor ever. That pure exacerbation of everything around him is is at like a hundred percent throughout Prince of Thieves. A hundred percent. It's so true. Um, Like him calling off Christmas because he's just so furious that like the poor love Robin Hood 
um, cancel the scraps and call off Christmas. So, so brilliant. And the way, like, his reaction to the scar on his statue when somebody's, like, charcoaled that on, um, him asking the the sex workers to come to his room later, one at uh, 10.30, one at 10.45, bring a friend, tells us a lot about his sexual prowess, doesn't it? Which would maybe suggest why he's so angry and power hungry. That's a that's an adept assertion, not an insertion, <laughs> an assertion. I was very yeah. careful with, Importantly. My, with Importantly. my wording there. But I've got to agree with you. I think Alan, Alan Rickman is the absolute best thing about this film by a country mile. His, his, his villainous slithering turn is an absolute delight. And what we spoke about before we started recording today is the fact that I have never seen this film up until the point of recording this podcast slash YouTube thing. Um and how nostalgia can sometimes shape and, and form our opinions of things. For you two, uh, Ash and Becky, you grew up, this is a staple. I would wonder how many times you would you would both say that you've comfortably watched this film. Any guesses? Oh my God. Um, comfortable I, prob- I probably watch it twice a year and I'm 40. So a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, do the math. Ashley? Of double figures at least at yeah. the very least 20 30 times yeah uh, I'd, I'd i'd love it uh warts and all it, it's a very flawed film it, it anyone oh. with any <laughs> reading of film will know that there are flaws but both flaws make me love it more like kevin mm. costner is wooden in it but kevin costner he feels like his robin hood needs to be a little bit wooden he needs to just be the straight man the, a, yeah the, the straight a typical uh sorry the straight typical hero uh and i think by reining him in and you know making sure he doesn't do a british accent just like just just be kevin costner it allows everyone around him to completely flourish uh i mean the cast is insane christians i mean i'm a complete christian slayer acolyte up to a point usually the women beating part is where i draw the line um, but from I a, don't know why you keep trying to make this. We're supposed to be light and levity. Yeah, and all know, you do is bring out horror. You can't Look, it's not his fault that all of these people are fucking bastards. Exactly. This is, a, this is the problem. I was hoping, you know, for him to be the next Jack Nicholson. I think he took it a bit too literally, unfortunately. I think he wanted yeah. to be the next Jack <laughs> oh, Nicholson, didn't time. he? Yeah, right. definitely too literally. I saw him quite... Li- I saw him in a, a play in the West End when I was pretending to be remotely posh uh, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where he was McMurphy and it was basically him aping Nicholson for the entire time. But yeah, to hit uh, Morgan Freeman is great in it. Uh, there's act- actors whose names I've completely forgotten because I wasn't actually going to mention them, but now the opportunity arose. But the guy who plays uh, Little John is great. Like from the Nick Brian, Brimble. like Nick Brimble from the Brian Blessed School of Shouting. <laughs> All lines are shouted. I was wondering how many impressions we were going to do today. <laughs> well, and obviously Brian Blessed makes a, a very brief turn as Lord Loxley yep. delightfully. Oh yeah, that was that was a that for me that was a nice treat. You know, when you talk about nostalgia, that's a, that was a, a part where I was like. If he's involved, I'm quite happy with this. This, yeah. yes, and uh, and then obviously Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. I love her so much. She hasn't been in a huge amount. What like Scarface, The Abyss, love The Abyss. Love um, but she's so good at, in as Marion in this, and like not to jump straight into the sort of um, like 
feminist readings on like ridiculous 90s blockbusters but the the female characters in this I honestly honestly think this is one of the reasons I took to it so much as a kid is that like you get um Marion you get her sort of lady in waiting Sarah you get Fanny obviously love Fanny um (laughs) and uh all of them are like they're in the thick of it and they're kicking people in the face and um, you know, they're sort of fighting with daggers and they're they're swinging through trees. And it's just it's so it's so nice to see that the film kind of accepts that women had a different part to play um, rather than just being the damsel in distress or the mother or whatever. Because, you know, obviously a lot of that runs through this film. You, we get a very harrowing birth scene with Fanny and all of this kind of stuff. But um, I've I've always really, really loved that um, they have they're kind of accepted within the film as well. I love the bit when Fanny comes over and she's like, I'm not letting you guys, uh, you know, sort of rescue the men um, from the wedding on your own. Like I'm coming too, And John's trying to talk her down. And Robin's like, Fanny, you'll take position here. Like, I love all that stuff. And it's it's definitely one of the things that's made it most endearing to me over the years. And at least that iconic scene as well, just being on on, on that one. It's the iconic moment from the trailer. Uh, oh, no, that, no, it's the hanging scene, isn't it? My apologies. Disgraceful Prince of Wanker over here. Um, but that iconic moment in the trailer where they shoots the flaming arrow straight at the camera. So good. There's like, I love, obviously Robin Hood is like famous for being this like master archer. And I love how they weave that into the film and into the effects of the film they've got stuff like the warning arrow which makes a whistling noise when it comes through the air he licks the arrow to make it spin so that he can cut the rope when um, the boy's hanging Um, he tears off a bit of feather to make them like do they make them go like two ways and kill both of the guards at once I love how they they sort of use that and um, you know sort of use it as part of Robin Hood's character but also like you say Ash like there are so many of the like more iconic moments that revolve around the like the archery in it I'm into it it's nice to see arrow 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 work arrowy arrowman archery that's the fucker, yeah. Um, <laughs> to be portrayed on screen. Um, what do we think about Kevin Reynolds' direction? Do we like what he's done? Do we feel like he encapsulated medieval times? I think so. Like, I really, I really like the direction. There's a lot of like really kind of dynamic camera work in this film. A lot of sort of, um, uh, sort of close-ups in the foreground and stuff going on in the background he uses the camera for like pov um he uses it to really sort of up the drama like it's quite a melodramatic film and i think that he really um sort of uses his toolbox to kind of bring all of that drama through um but without it ever taking itself too seriously like it's really camp um, and he seems to have had a really clear vision of like the type of film that he wanted to make. It kind of settled in nicely with the 90s tradition of making it the MTV version of X, Y, Z. In this case, the MTV version of Robin Hood. Um, lots of whip pans, big music, big stars. Everyone's pretty to an extent. 
it's it I, I have no problem with his direction whatsoever. I think he absolutely understood the assignment. Um I think he's he's always worked well with um Kevin Costner, like going back to Fandango, which if you've never seen is a really, really great road trip movie. Um that was like their the first time that they worked together. Uh and it it's it's kind of picked up a bit of a cult following since. Uh, but he's also done uh Waterworld with him. Um I'm Tim Waterworld. Unfortunately, Kevin I mean last thing Kevin Reynolds did was that film Risen. The Jesus film. I didn't see Nothing. that one though. No, and I don't think anyone saw that one, unfortunately. And I think uh, when you... you're saying you haven't watched it as well, that's uh, a, yeah, that's a that is damning. Indictment. That is damning. So, Brad, you were it. you were Team Waterworld, right? When you were a kid, is that why you didn't watch Robin Hood before this? I don't necessarily. I, I think I have a problem. I think we've talked about this before, Becky, where I don't really like old shit. Uh, and I also don't like fucking like swashbuckling sword and sorcery mm, kind of movies. Mm. Um, so for, and I never really have. So I don't, I think that's maybe why it, it was never chosen to be something that I would watch. But obviously, my parents had the autonomy over what they would, what, what, what I would watch at that time. Um, and it just never came up. And then as I've aged and started exploring film myself, it's just nothing, it's not something I've been drawn to. But bizarrely, mm. Waterworld, I've seen like five times and think, <laughs> despite it, you know. It's faults. I read. Really, I really like it. I only saw Waterworld for the first time last year, so Look I at this. took the complete opposite path. I mean, I'm sure I have it at some point hated it. Here we go. Never seen it. Ooh. I have never seen Waterworld, and embarrassingly, I'm about to write an essay about it for Arrow. So I need to watch it very quickly, and it's going to be about why Waterworld works well, because I... I am absolutely determined that I'm going to fucking love it. Yeah, I know, I think you will. Not having seen it so many times, I think you will like it. I was going to touch on that. You did write for Arrow for the Robin Hood release, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, um, like top nineties historical blockbuster drama kind of rundown, um, which was a lot of fun. It was the first thing I wrote for them actually. So yeah, I you can you can link to it in the show notes if you want. We won't be. We don't have the technology to do that. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have the RAM. We've run out of internet. <laughs> we can't afford it, uh, but you know they'll they'll take your word for it. Um, but I I would get I'd probably go out on a limb and say that the ten you listed I've probably never seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was stuff like Braveheart and oh, Mask Zorro and stuff I like that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, okay. um, but we'll have to get you back for season two. Get you back for um, Waterworld. Yeah, too right. All, I'll link it all give together. you my it's... my fresh take. Yes, exactly. Um, we we touched upon the music a minute ago. I th- I, we'd be remiss without mentioning. Look into my eyes. <laughs> There's another impression. <laughs> Ash, you've got some trivia for us, haven't you? It was number one in the UK. Everything I do, I do without you. I, I do for you, whatever the fuck it's called. We just call it Brian Adams Banger in this house. Um, <laughs> Bow and Arrow Banger. It was number one in the UK for 16 weeks. Now, I guessed 46 because it felt that long. Yeah, I thought I thought it was in the twenties, but sixteen is still impressive. I mean, I'm fairly certain it was in the top forty for well over a year. Must be, surely. Yeah, surely. It, it, it was. It was the decade of tie-in songs where it was a combination of not only did almost all big films have a tie-in song, they were all fucking awesome as well. Yeah, wall-to-wall bangers. I wonder how many people have got married. Or had that song involved with their marriage? A lot. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> Too many. What song did you have at your wedding? Becky? What, like my first dance? Yeah. 
Well, Macarena. Dave and I got together in 2004. So obviously our first dance was Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Coming out on occasion, <laughs> I'm doing just fine, baby. <laughs> Love that for you. Ash, I was at your wedding. I um, still don't remember. I have no idea. <laughs> Was he was drunk. probably out having a fag while you were uh, doing probably. your first dance probably, and cutting yeah. the cake and stuff. What was your first dance? Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, oh yeah. Becky, like that. I think I think you might be my new best friend. I just going to throw that best out friends. there. <laughs> uh, you you want to go, go do karate in the garage? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> got some got some beds. We could turn into bunk beds back here. Yeah. <sighs> no, the two of you are would be. You've never met before today, but you two would be quite good friends because you do share a lot of the same DNA. It's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I can feel it. <laughs> oh, no. That's what really what this uh, thing is all about. It's really about bringing people together. I'm going to become friends beautiful. with some of Ash's guests that I don't know. And that's very exciting for me. Or maybe <laughs> they, they probably won't like me, to be fair. No one, no one generally does. That's why he was outside at the wedding. Yes. He actually, you know, he name-checked me in his speech. Did I? And embarrassed me in front of everyone. <laughs> you said something about me being a fucking disgusting pervert worm or something along those lines. I mean, to be fair, that was very consistent with. <laughs> that was my theme. Two thousand like two thousand sixteen. Yeah, pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Two thousand sixteen car crash, Bradley. Yeah, mm. I was really mm. on the I was really on the downward trajectory there. But look at me now, baby, loving life. Nothing but up. I do um, want to just double back quickly, Brad, before we wrap up. Is uh, sure. what I did find interesting. You're saying you picked this film because it wasn't horror, and yet the witch is fucking terrifying. She is she Geraldine the Egg with the nail. Geraldine McEwen is. Oh my god, she is absolutely terrifying in this, and it's all like spit and blood yep. and eggs and bones and oh she's like she's proper witchy she's got to be one of my favorite like on the screen witches although no actual power of course and she's a cheat no no, she's just got spiked yeah that's what you get for being racist and a witch you're racist (laughs) witch yeah was that another impression all right i'm gonna do my rickman then fuck it cut his heart out with a spoon Oh, and yeah, Sean Connery does turn up at the end. You're right. He does turn up, doesn't he? <laughs> As King Richard, I can't do. Imp- I can't. I can do some impressions. Not all- the one I did. To- I sent it to Becky earlier, and I think it was better then, wasn't it? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I I'm not editing yeah, that did, did a little cry laugh. So, Becky, this will be coming out a bit later uh, than we're recording it. Obviously, um, is there anything going on in sort of the? august september october time that you would like to promote in october we're going to be doing um with evolution of horror presents so mike munzer who i think you've had on the show already um, or, or coming up depending on which or way coming really, up depending yeah. on what order you do it he's but i know you've roped us all in so yeah. um yeah we um he's my sort of partner in crime on um these film screenings that we do all around the uk so um under the banner of evolution of horror presents um and we've got like a northern tour coming up in october and we're going to be doing uh york i'm having to look at my list because i can't remember because there's so many york manchester liverpool edinburgh newcastle and hopefully leeds as well um and we're doing such bangers as um like child's play and dead ringers don't look now um 
and various other stuff. We're going to be at Grimfest in Manchester um, doing some stuff up there, which we're like not even sure 100% what it's going to be yet, but um, it will be fun nonetheless. So we're very happy to have been invited along to that. Um, so, yeah, if you're in the north of England in October, you can come and catch us and you can get tickets at Evolution of Horror. Pre- no, Evolution of Horror dot com forward slash events. Masterfully done. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're welcome. And obviously, uh, you can hear uh, Becky and I on uh, Evolution Horror's Patreon on a monthly review show that they call Fresh Blood, yeah. um, which is always the highlight of my month. Same. Love it. Love oh. it. Ash has never listened to an episode because he doesn't support the things I do outside of him. That's not true. I listen to the first 15 minutes of Evolution of Horror every single time there's a new episode because <laughs> I only listen to podcasts in bed. That'll um, be the ADHD kicking again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the uh, having a three-year-old and oh, yeah. putting it, headphones in and falling asleep almost immediately, knowing within To Mike's hours. dulcet tones. Exactly. Hold on. Soporific. And I haven't, oh. fi- I haven't figured out Patreon yet. Have you pronounced it? I've never figured it out. Well, you just pay. <laughs> yeah, but how to, how, to, how to get it on an iPod. I've literally used an, an old iPod. iPod. Yeah, I use an old iPod in bed. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Becky, uh, where on social media can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bunny Dark and... I'm thinking of changing my letterbox handle to be Bunny Dark as well, because at the moment it's Becky Dark, and that's just very confusing for everybody involved. Um, so yeah, at Bunny Dark on Twitter and Instagram, at Becky Dark on Letterbox currently. Um, and I've got my own Patreon if people want to sling me a few quid if you like the sort of stuff that I do, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash bunny dark. Definitely go and do that. Chuck her chuck her some some drinking money. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, well, Becky, I'd like to reiterate what we said at the start of the show to what we're saying at the end of the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. It's always a delight to hear your, your unbridled enthusiasm <laughs> permeate through every second of this. Ash, got anything to say? No, again, just to reiterate, thank you again. I'm glad you picked such a great film. And thank you for letting me. Yeah, we would love to have you back on again soon. Perfect. I'm up for it. Uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, just chuck us a like and subscribe if you like what this fucking mess is. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at XRentalYT. And our own socials are me at Hadbranson, him at Ash Diggs Films. I'm Brad. He's Ash. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. 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 Bye.